hello, hello. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Mariella Delamora. Mariella is a 15-year marketing director who has grown profitable brands for Fortune 500 companies and startups from California to the UK, growing and leading international marketing teams in the process. She is now a business and leadership coach who helps high-achieving women grow purpose-driven brands for profit. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I had the privilege of interviewing Mariella Delamora. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, Hannah. I am so excited. So pumped. So pumped. So for those that don't know, please tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you serve. So I am a former 15-year marketing director, now online business coach, Um, very recently also into executive coaching. So kind of bringing all of the knowledge from small businesses, startups, growing teams, and my favorite part of all of that, which was mentorship, and now I'm bringing that into my online coaching business. And so I serve women that are generally within like maybe their first year of business who have an established business but are looking to grow and scale and position their brand. So I help them to develop a mission-driven brand um, and help them scale their businesses. I love this. I love this and you. So I'm so pumped <laughs> that you're here. So you have one of the most incredible stories and I really want to hone in on this today and want you to share that story because it's so beautiful. Um, all the way from like your childhood up to, you know, the, the career, the business, all the things I'm so pumped. So can you share us your story, please? Yes. It's always like a tough part to me to be like, where do you start? It's kind of like when you go to therapy and they're like, so tell me, it's like, where do you start? <laughs> Um, but all of it is integrated um, into what I do now, which is why I'm so, I love what I do now because I do get to bring all of myself to the table now, which is really why I started this business. So um, I'm a first generation Mexican American. My parents both immigrated to the United States from Mexico, met here, <laughs> and I'm the oldest of three girls. So anyone who has immigrant parents knows that like the oldest child, generally the oldest daughter is like the one that has you know, places the pressure on themselves to be the, you know, make their parents proud so that they can say like, oh, my daughter, you know, she's so successful and she did X, Y, Z. And so for me, it was always in my mind. I was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get the best grades because I always got good grades and I'm going to get married. I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to be a um, marketing manager making six figures by the time I was 30. I literally... I remember being like 21 or something and writing this out. And I'm one of these people who like, I do everything I say I'm going to do, whether mm-hmm. it benefits me or not. Because <laughs> I, I never really looked back mm-hmm. to be like, is this actually the best thing? So basically I had all those things at 30. However, I married, um, I didn't marry twice. So I, I married a man who I was with since I was 18. So he was my high school sweetheart. And we had been together for 13 years. And what I mean by I never went back to ask whether something was in my benefit is that I never really asked myself like, oh, was this a healthy relationship? So Mm -hmm. it was a very unhealthy relationship. There was a lot of infidelity, a lot of, you know, gaslighting, um, and it just was never healthy. And so I reached age 30 and there's something about reaching 30 where you look back at your life and you say, was this what I thought my life was going to be like? And for me, it was like, yes, on paper. 
this is exactly it. We had a three bedroom condo. We had, you know, cars. We had all the things we had traveled, but it was a really unhealthy relationship. And I didn't like my job. I worked for Mm -hmm. a Fortune 500 insurance agency and I was making the money that I said I wanted to make. But I was like, how come I'm like miserable? Like, I can't see myself working in insurance forever. I don't want my boss's job. I feel like my talents are being used to kind of manipulate in wording, you know, like lying, but without really lying. And so I started to un- piece of, you know, unravel it basically bit by bit. So first up was I was unhappy with myself. So I lost 42 pounds in nine months Wow! by <laughs> doing P90X and all this. And I was like, mm-hmm. when you don't know where to start, sometimes you start with the first thing in front of you, which is, well, what can you change? And there was something about me losing the weight that was like, okay, I love myself a little more. I can change something I don't like. And that somehow it rewired my brain to be like, if you don't like something, you can change it. This isn't just the thing you're stuck with. Mm-hmm. And so that led to a series of things, which was the next time I saw that my ex-husband had been messaging some chick online. I was like, nope, mm. nope, 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 nope. Moved out of the house that day and was like, get your stuff out. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not doing this. <clears throat> Filed for divorce. After that, let go of the condo, moved to San Diego where life was cheaper, lived the single life for a short amount of time loved it and um, eventually was like, okay, I'm in this job and this is great, but this is still not the job that I want. And I remember speaking to a friend of mine um, and I said, I just feel, this sounds crazy, but I feel like I want to quit my job and go to Europe. And I was like, but this is, this sounds ridiculous because this isn't a plan. Mm -hmm. I was like this, I just feel like if I were to tell my parents this, like, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm a grown woman. I'm in my thirties now. (laughs) And he's like, well, if you look back and you didn't, you didn't do it. Um, would you regret it? And I was like, he says, no, if you did and it didn't work out, that's what he goes. If you did and it didn't work out and you lost all your money, whatever, would you regret it? And I was like, well, no, because I don't even like my job anyway. Like mm-hmm. I just find another job. And he's like, okay. And if you didn't do it, would you regret it? And I was like, absolutely. I had saved my money. I'm not just like somebody who just decided in the moment I'm very type A. So I'd saved my money for a while, traveled, traveled Europe for a while by myself, met my daughter's father. <laughs> um, I actually fell into a gig as an underground hip hop journalist through friend of a friend so and through the underground hip hop scene in London, met my daughter's father, fell in love, moved to London. My very first job was the job that I just left as a director of marketing for a UK uh, recruitment agency and started a, um, a startup called Nectar. It was a dating app. So basically had kind of two companies that I was growing at one time for Uh, about two years. So that was 70 hour weeks time and realized at that point that like, for me, purpose is the most important thing. I need to love what I do. Um, I want to make a change in the world. I want to help grow companies. I don't want to just work for this like massive company. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I feel like I need to stop there because that's so much of story already (laughs) of just dismantling and rebuilding. Um, But that is where I just kind of threw myself into a new situation without knowing exactly how it was going to map out, but it wound up changing my life. Um, Everything that I learned. So so incredible. And your story, I always get chills every time I hear it because there's just so many different pieces of it that have helped like mold you and make you. And obviously like your mission and your purpose is so, so important to you. And even the business now, like after leaving director of marketing role to becoming online, you know, business coach, consultant. So walk us through how you've been able to utilize mission and purpose to position your brand now that you're running your own business. How has this impacted your business by having that? 
Yeah, I think that what I realized is that in a space where a lot of people claim to uh, solve the same functional problem, which is scaling your business and marketing and all of those things are very fundamental. So when you think about being in a space, whether you say it's saturated or not, unless you've invented something or you have a patent on something completely brand new, for the most part, we are all offering services that someone else has offered. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely say that when I started, I felt like I needed to look at what other people are doing and emulate it. But what I very quickly realized is that I also was then leaving a majority of myself in the back burner. You know, I wasn't bringing it to the table. And so really quickly, I was like, I don't actually need these blueprints. I don't need these three-step processes. I don't need these copy paste approaches. I don't need this plug and play like approach because I'm so much more than that. And I always felt conflicted about talking about what I do versus my story. And I, I always struggled with meshing the two. And I was like, well, how can I do this in a way where I feel whole, but it also helps me Mm -hmm. position myself. And to be honest, it took me a while. There were times that I shared my story, but I shared it as almost a completely separate thing to what I do. And it honestly took healing these last four months. I worked with a reparenting coach who kind of helped me figure out, you know, why I had chosen these marriages that weren't, you know, healthy and why I had to basically spend these years finding myself and, you know, who I really am. Um, and so what I've been able to do with that is say, I brought the story of, you know, if you, you don't have to abide by somebody else's rules. You don't have to choose between making money and uh, being happy in your business and in your life because that's something that was super important to me. And that it's never too late to pivot because I did not start pivoting my life until mm -hmm. my 30s. And so, and also to live life with like authenticity and that integrity matters and that hurt because that thing that was really important to me. So I think that I was able to bring all of this and say that my story is like social proof that I believe these things because I've actually lived them. Mm -hmm. And I now I'm able to bring, you know, the mission and the purpose. And for me, that was always making an impact in people's lives because I've literally let go of money. I've let go of titles. I've let go of all of the things that people think are going to bring them happiness and I've actually made those decisions to let those things go and create them on my own terms so that I can bring myself to the table and help other women do the same um, in the process. Because I'd say, especially as a woman of color, I've always felt like I only can bring a slice of myself to every situation because all of me was either number one, unnecessary or number two, too much. And <laughs> yes, I can <laughs> totally understand being another woman of color too. I totally get that. Yeah. And so that is why it is so important to me to say, if you can integrate your story and who you are into your business, and that then becomes your differentiating, you know, factor, and you then can bring that into the, into how your product and service is different as a result. How does that difference benefit your clients? Then what happens is that your story and who you are actually becomes physically tangible difference in your business and in your product or mm -hmm. service that nobody can emulate. And exactly. that is where you start to connect your purpose to profit because it starts to actually show up in your business in different ways, which mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of like brand values, right? Like that is tied so deeply to your mission, to your purpose. I mean, they're all intertwined and I yeah. always talk about this, but how would you recommend people like intertwining their brand values into their mission, into their purpose and in their business? 
So the very first question that I ask them is, what is your mission? Why did you start your business? Um, so straight away, if somebody doesn't really have a strong why and they're like, oh, because I want to make a lot of money and they start grasping for that, then right away, I'm already qualifying people to be like, this is not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not your, the, probably the coach for you. So your mission and why you started your business. After that, I say, what are your three core brand values? And I give some examples. Like it can be authenticity, empowerment, um, risk taking. Um, it can be inclusivity. You want everyone to feel inclusive as part of your brand. So there's, and you can even Google like brand values if you're kind of struggling for words. So I ask them for three words that are their core brand values. Then I say, what are three feelings that you want your ideal client? clients or customers to feel when they consume your content. And then I say, what are three to four stories that you can tell that either evoke those emotions or demonstrate that those values are actually your values? Now, these are your core brand stories that you are going to recycle in your content. And the reason why it's important to have a small number of very key stories is because if you continue to tell these stories in various Mm -hmm. ways and your audience gets to know you for those stories, they'll start telling those stories for you. Like I know some of your key stories because you talk about them all the time. And it's one thing to say for like for you, for example, that I really care about, you know, helping women to create businesses that they're passionate about, that they have control over their time. And um, if you just said it like that versus, you know, I hit burnout because I was working for, you know, someone else Mm -hmm. and I ended up in the hospital, that is a totally different thing than just saying what you believe in. And so that's how I'm able to kind of tie it together in terms of tapping into those stories. Mm. (laughs) So, so good. And that really like hones in with adversity and branding. And we did an Instagram live on this. It's like, oh, I'm losing track of time. But this Mm -hmm. was such a well-received Instagram live. We were talking about that. And it's so true. Like when you think of Tony Robbins, you know, he sold his car, Mm -hmm. was a janitor to go to a Jim Rohn conference and, you know, Sarah Blakely from Spanx and all these stories that, you know, you know, the story of the person because they've told it so many times. And that that's very similar to me and what I've done with like the burnout, the childhood upbringing all the things. So let's talk about adversity and branding. How do you think that actually helps the brand? I know you mentioned it really builds the connection, but is there anything else that you can mention with adversity and how that relates to the audience? I think that adversity, well, I don't know that it would translate exactly the same in every industry. However, people love a great hero story. If you Mm -hmm. think about the plot of almost every movie, there is adversity. And the reason people love it is because they'll see themselves in the hero in Mm -hmm. that story. And so what it does is it kind of tells us like, wow, even if I'm not going through what that person went through and I didn't overcome the adversity that they did, I can do it too. And there's generally some sort of adversity involved in a problem that you're trying to solve or something that you need to believe is possible. So it's kind of like before you can sell a solution to something, especially if it's a service, the person has to believe that it's going to work for them. And so the adversity really kind of set that tone to say that you can see, if you can see yourself in me, then Mm -hmm. I can help you. So good. So good. And so powerful too. I mean, this is a conversation I feel like I can talk about all day because I love it so, (laughs) so much. And again, it's not a, 
just about the money. And I think too, in the online entrepreneur space, oh. if people are really, really seeing that it's not just about the income and the numbers and the sales, like people really want this tangible and like this full embodiment experience too. And they work with people, right? It's, they have to be yeah. fulfilled, um, yeah. which is just so, so powerful. But, you know, I want to segue into my favorite part of the interviews because I love, love this question so, so much. And this is why I started Thrive Society again, you know, because of my burnout, Mm -hmm. but every entrepreneur has been faced with struggles or challenges in their life. And you shared some of them with your story, which has just been so incredible. So thank you for doing that. But is there anything in particular that has really made an impact on you and your business that has helped shape your trajectory that you could, you know, point out? I had to take a deep breath for that one because (laughs) I've been through so many um, pivots and kind of realizations in my business. And I haven't been, you know, coaching for very long. This is what, like my eighth, seventh month, something like Mm -hmm. that. And I think that probably the biggest game changer for me was realizing that I, there's so much of me that I wasn't bringing to the table because I was afraid it was going to be rejected mm-hmm. or wasn't good enough. And so, cause a lot of that was just, you know, self-worth perfectionism. And I think I, what I realized was that the lines between yourself and your personal brand and your business brand are so gray and so intertwined that if you struggle with perfectionism and being a high achiever or, you know, your self-worth is shaky, which I know we all have our moments, Mm -hmm. that it tends to come out even more in your business because you associate rejection of a product or somebody doesn't want to buy it with rejection of self. Somebody doesn't want to work with you or somebody says no, rejection of self. And I think I realized that I was playing small, talking myself out of things because I was so afraid. I was trying to avoid rejection and pain. Mm -hmm. And that is why I spent the last four months in reparenting because I realized that I was carrying these things in my life and all I was doing was just trying to avoid pain and actually causing it in the process. And so I think now by me embracing who I am, my stories, and actually integrating authenticity and imperfection, all of that into my brand, I realized like I'm, I'm now able to bring the parts of me to the table that I was hiding because I was afraid it was going to be rejected and mm. being able to integrate that into what I do. So mindset, honestly, it, for me was the number one game changer in understanding how it showed up in my business um, and how it multiplied because it was my business and not corporate. I absolutely love that. And we talk a lot about on this podcast, different variations of mindset, and it comes up on every single episode. And I will tell you my most well-received episodes are the ones where we talk about that, which is so interesting when we talk about these topics that might not necessarily need to be hardcore strategy, but they're really like the, the real moments of building a business and going through these mindset blocks and things. So yeah. And that's why I've actually started to integrate mindset into my coaching for those who want it. Cause you don't, you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, infuse that if somebody doesn't want it, but it's been the most rewarding part of it. Because what I actually realized is that if you help your clients to the best of your ability through their mindset issues, what they think they need in terms of strategy starts to shift where maybe they come to you because they think that they need 
80% strategy and 20% mindset, but then you spend a little time on the mindset and you say, well, where did that idea of success come from? And what kind of conversations were having, you know, had in your home about money and like, here's some prompts. And I give journal prompts around this. What they actually realize is that maybe it's more like, 40% strategy and 60% mindset because you help them to bring out the answers and the guidance that they already have rather than going to you and saying, what should I do? Yeah. That's a lot of times a red flag when someone's like, I just need somebody to tell me what to do. I'm like, mm, do you? Cause I want to know, cause I honestly think, and I remind my clients of this. I was like, you are the expert in what you do. Nobody knows more about it than you, not me. Yes. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a big difference even in the way that, that I coach. I love that. I love that. So speaking of coaching, how can people find you? How can people work with you? Are you launching anything? Give us all the details. Yeah. So I feel like I need to say it out loud on your podcast because I've been talking with you and I'm externally accountable, which means that when I speak about something, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do it. And so right now, um, I do have uh, a couple of different containers. So one-on-ones, so I, ha- I have one-on-one clients where we go through the whole transformation of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, I also offer mentorships. So I have some career mentorship for um, women in corporate um, and women who just kind of need access to like talk to me for the most part and we'll do mm-hmm. a call a month. Um, and then some 90 minute intensive. So there's a lot of like, you know, one-on-ones and it, I, I will offer whatever the person needs. So it is all custom. However, <laughs> what I'm going to be launching is a group program. Um, it's going to be called purpose to profit. So it is going to be how to build and scale a purpose driven business and how that purpose and mission shows up in every aspect of your business from not just how you differentiate your product as a result, who you hire um, in your team, how you show up as a leader, your own mindset to who you partner with, mm-hmm. and PR obviously being a big part of that. You know that I need you in this program. <laughs> I PR would be so you- glad, <laughs> so glad to do that. This is like, yes. I love, it's just so heart-centered and heart-driven. And I, I just can't wait for you to launch this because I just the transformations, I can't even imagine because you're just an incredible person. So I have to say that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's just the beautiful thing about this space is that you can create whatever container you want to mm-hmm. bring all of the beautiful parts about you that you know people need. And that's, that's amazing. And that's why, like, why would you ever limit yourself and try to create something someone else has? Like you can create mm-hmm. whatever you want. You can have your business however you want. So, so after beautiful. my that too. I love it. I love it. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you for Yay. having me. Wow. Wasn't that an incredible episode, guys? Mariella is such a force in what she does and her incredible corporate background and just story of why she started her business and all the different things that led her to where she is today is just so incredible. And it's so true that you can build a purpose-driven brand and you can position it for profit, right? And that's what we were talking about on this episode today. So I hope you enjoyed everything and all the incredible knowledge from Mariella. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review. I so, so appreciate it. Stay tuned.